0: Well, I just have to say, like, this whole week, I've just sensed and felt just God's just peace and his love. Um, You know, a lot of things happen throughout our weeks, right? And throughout everything, I've just really sensed his grace, and I just pray that you sense that as well over your life tonight. Um, I had a hard time coming up with a title, and I'm a title girl. Like, I think they're fun. I think they're creative. And tonight, you'll get an encouraging word. I pray that but an encouraging reminder to live your life in a way that pleases God. And so if I had to put a title on it and maybe after I'm done, you can you know come up with something and say, "Hey, Aaron, this title would have worked well, it would be too late. But um, <laughs> if I had to put a title on it, it would be called "Live Larger." To live in such a way that's big with what you've been given in the place you have been placed in the kingdom of God, to live larger. Because ultimately, God's the one we want to please. His attention is whose I want most. And my prayer lately is, search me, God. Take it all away. Take anything out of me that isn't of you. And when you pray that type of prayer, things will come up and out of you. And you might be like, huh, I didn't know that was there. Okay, God, I see, I see. And so the scripture I'm using today did that. It was a reminder for me of the things in my life that God wanted to continue to work on. So the message is always to me first, and then I'm just sharing with you what God has shared with me. We're going to be in the book of Colossians tonight, chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for this, this God moment tonight. We just ask that you would open up our hearts, our eyes, our ears and our lives to who you are use your servant tonight in Jesus name Amen so Colossians chapter 4 verses 2 through 6 it says devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should be wise in the way you act towards outsiders Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you know how to answer everyone. I read in the first part of my Bible, there's a place where it says about what you know each book is about. And it's said that the book of Colossians is a book of connections. It was written by Paul to combat false teachings and to really stress Christ's deity. And Paul reminds the church that only through a continued connection with God that we have the power for living, living large. And he starts off this verse saying to pray, to devote yourselves to prayer, to be watchful and to be thankful. And we all know and we've heard that prayer is to communicate with God, to have a relationship with him. And I was thinking about this. We're going to focus on the word devotion, but I was thinking about the prayer aspect and sometimes we look at it as a one sided conversation. And I thought about an intercom, like if you're in Walmart and you can hear something over the intercom, like Shh, clean up in aisle eight. Like, you can't really talk back to that person. You can't be like, yeah, I'm here over in aisle eight. You can just come help me, right? It's almost a one-sided conversation. And then I think about a walkie-talkie conversation, how it's a two-way thing. Both my kids went through their walkie-talkie phases, and it was so fun and cool for them to be downstairs and us to be upstairs, but what a walkie-talkie does is you communicate, and then you listen, and then you communicate, and then you listen. And that's what prayer should be. We, should, we have that opportunity every day to have a walkie-talkie relationship with God. And he says to devote yourselves to this, devote yourselves to prayer. And I, like I said, I want to focus on that word devote, because who and what we are devoted to matters. The word devoted is proskartero, proskarterio. I practiced that so many times, and I knew I was going to mess up. But that's what it means in the Greek. The Strong's definition of devoted is to be earnest towards, to persevere, to be consistently diligent, to adhere closely to, to attend continually, to continue in, to wait on. And what a beautiful definition of what the word devoted is. In the dictionary, it means to have a strong love or loyalty for something or someone So my question is, how deep is our love for our Savior? How close are we to God? How devoted are we to him? Because when we are truly devoted to God, our lives change. Our attitude changes. I love this verse in Isaiah. Isaiah is a a prophecy. In this chapter uh, 26, it's titled, A Song of Praise. And this verse, Isaiah 26, 9, says, In the night I search for you. In the morning, I earnestly seek you. You see, that sounds like someone who's fully devoted to me. Words like, I search for you, I earnestly seek you. And that's the type of relationship that I want to have with God, right? I want to seek him. I want to earnestly go after the things that he has for me. I want to be devoted to him. I found this illustration that helped just put this all together. It is said that Cyrus, the founder of the Persian Empire, once had captured a prince and his family. When they came before him, the monarch asked the prisoner, What will you give me if I release you? Half of my wealth, was his reply. And if I release your children? Everything I possess. And if I release your wife, your majesty, I will give you myself. Cyrus was so moved by his devotion that he freed them all. As they returned home, the prince said to his wife, Wasn't Cyrus a handsome man? And with a deep look of love for her husband, she looked at him and said, I didn't notice. I could only keep my eyes on you, the one who was willing to give himself for me. And I just thought that was such a beautiful story of what devotion looks like. You see, devotion is an attitude that results in action. The prince in this illustration was so devoted to his wife and family that his actions preceded his attitude And his wife could only keep her eyes on him, and therefore she was so devoted to him. And that's what I thought our relationship with God is like. I I want to keep my eyes on the one who gave his life for me. Christianity is not devotion to work. It's not devotion to a cause. It's not devotion to a doctrine, but devotion to a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And with our focus on the right things, Our actions and the right things will follow. It says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us that God may open a door for our message so that we will proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I will proclaim it clearly as I should. When we are devoted in prayer, God opens doors that only he can open, and our actions then result in proclaiming the good news of Christ what we are devoted to who we are devoted to makes a difference where does your devotion lie tonight verse five it says be wise in the way you act towards outsiders my second point tonight i don't know if it'll ruffle any feathers but it said i i just thought be wise not weird first when it comes to wisdom we have to understand that true wisdom comes from God, not the world. In 1 Corinthians 3:19 it says for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. I love this verse because think of like the smartest person alive today, their wisdom is foolishness in God's eyes. Therefore he knows everything. He's the wisest person that we could ever know, right? So wisdom comes from God. And second, if we need wisdom, the Bible says to ask for it, right? James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault. So if we think about it, God is the wisest. If we need wisdom, we ask him. What is the biggest area that we need wisdom in usually? Decision-making, right? Future decisions. Where am I going to go? What doctor should I go to? How am I going to plan my life? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, decisions, decisions is what we usually ask wisdom for. And yes, please keep asking and talking to God about those decisions. But we also need wisdom in how we act towards outsiders. Who's considered an outsider? It's anyone who isn't a believer. And let's face it, we're all around people who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior Every day. And we need to be wise in our actions, not weird. I wrote seriously, don't be a weird Christian. (laughs) What do you mean by that, Aaron? I'll tell you. Let's say you're at work and someone at work knows you go to church, knows you're a Christian, and they ask you to pray. There's an open door. Don't start having a Holy Spirit showdown and start speaking in tongues right at work. You're going to freak them out right? They're going to be like, this is weird. I'm never going to ask them to pray for me again. Is there a time for that? Absolutely. But they're saying, Paul's saying, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. All of that doesn't make sense to an unbeliever. We have to use wisdom when we're in those situations. We push too many people away with our Christianese and holy hops that it doesn't do any good. We're to be real. We're to be honest. We're to have character. We're to love. I heard once I heard someone once say this the holy spirit isn't weird people are <laughs> and it's so true the holy spirit isn't weird people are i've been in the room where the holy spirit fell i never felt weird about it i've been in a room where the holy spirit fell and people were acting weird and i was like what is this the same spirit that i'm like i don't get it cuz he's not weird Don't make make unbelievers think it's weird. What we do and what we say must be consistent and over time and with each other in order to clearly present the message of Jesus. F.F. Bruce puts it in his commentary. He says, The reputation of the gospel is bound up with the behavior of those who claim to have experienced its saving power. See, God looks at our heart, yes, But man looks at the outside. Man looks at what we're doing, what we're saying, and how we're saying it. People may think you're weird because you love God. That's okay. But be weird in a good way. Just don't be weird about it. Unique, not weird. Holy, set apart, not weird. Wise, not weird. verse 5 continues. It says, making the most of every opportunity. My third point tonight is let's use the opportunities that we've been given. We've all been given one life to live, and we want to make the most of it. To do what we can with the life that we've been given to lead others to God. That's the goal, right? That's, we have one common goal, is that, and that's to love God and to love people. We want as many people in heaven with us as we can get. And in 1 Corinthians 11:1, it says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The reason we're here, like I just said, is to make heaven crowded. Heaven's not gonna get crowded, it's too big. It's just a saying though, like I said, we just want as many people up there, up in heaven with us. And I was challenged with this statement because I don't always make the most of every opportunity that I've been given. Take a moment for you. Have you made, or do you make, the most of every opportunity that you've been given every day? If we are living our lives the best we know for God, then every interaction we have is an opportunity for others to see him in us. Paul said this to, his, to Timothy in his charge in 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 3. He told him to be ready in season and out of season. In season and out of season. In other words, share the gospel while you can. You may never get another opportunity. You may not be called to preach the gospel as a pastor or as an evangelist or a minister, but you may be the kind of person who can talk to anyone and put them at ease. My husband's like that. You can form unique friendships with unbelievers and find yourself in conversations where you alone are the person with the opportunity to share God's love. I have this this, uh, Christmas globe ornament And I hope this story stays etched in my heart and my spirit for a long time. I teach dance at Divine Dance Studio. We're still accepting registrations if you'd like to sign up. But um, (laughs) so every year, the parents are so just gracious because the kids get so excited, they wanna give you a gift. And I know it's on the parents, um, but this one little girl came in with this box last year and she was so excited. She's like, Miss Erin, open mine first, open mine first. I'm like, okay, okay and I opened the box, and on the uh, top of it, there was this little card, and it said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't, Charles Spurgeon, and I'm looking at the card. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this on my bathroom wall, which it is. I'm like, I love this quote. This is so great, and she's like, yeah, 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 Miss Erin. We just opened the box. I'm like, oh, sorry, so I opened the box. She's seven, you know, (laughs) and I pull it out, and she goes, do you know what that is? And I go, it's a christmas globe like i didn't know you know she's like miss aaron it's an ornament i'm like oh yeah okay do you know what's inside i'm like a book and she goes it's the bible there's bible scriptures in there you can turn it you can look at it you can do all those things i was like oh that's really cool i love that thank you so much she goes do you know why we got it for you i go no i don't but i really really like it and she goes well you know miss aaron a lot of people love god but you you really love god (laughs) (laughs) and she said it just like that and you know I keep thinking about that moment she knew I loved God without me ever telling her that I did she knew I didn't have to tell this seven-year-old girl listen I gave my life to Jesus and he's number one in my life and I love God so much I never had to tell her that she knew it by my actions She knew it by my words. She knew it by the songs that I chose to play in class and the prayers that I prayed at the end. You see, we don't need a stage to have an opportunity to show God's love. Every encounter we have, every encounter we have is an opportunity to show who God is in our life. Every opportunity. Some of us will reach people that We will never know because we were looking at it as an opportunity. Mother Teresa says what? Preach always, use words when necessary. Do I get it right all the time? Absolutely not. I'm working on it, though, because I, like you, have been given the divine opportunity to be the light in a dark world. And I want to choose to follow him no matter what. No matter what. Which leads me to my last point. Verse six says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you know, may know how to answer everyone. I'm aging myself with this point. I get it. There's a old sitcom, different strokes, and the little boy would look at his brother and be like, what you talking about, Willis? And that's all I could think of when I think about conversation. Like, what are we talking about? What are, we ta- what are the words that are coming out of our mouth? This is a great reminder that we should be aware of of the kind of conversations that we're having. The Bible says to season our conversations with salt. In Paul's time, salt served primarily as a preservative, keeping meat from spoiling. It was valuable enough to be used as a form of currency, and of course it changes the flavor of whatever it's added to. And our words are to preserve the message of Christ, helping it reach as many people as possible. What we say ought to add value to those around us, to the conversation. Our words should be uplifting and helpful. And the truth of our Christian lives should be so clear in the different flavor of how we speak and act. I never used to use salt and pepper when I started for, first started cooking. I thought, well, I don't like things salty, so I'm not using salt, and I don't like how pepper smells, so I'm not using pepper. I failed to realize that salt Remember the salt guy? When used right, brings out the flavor, the best taste of something. So we want to make sure that our conversations bring out the very best in who we are talking to and about. In Matthew 5, 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. We are the salt of the earth. If unbelievers are going to be offended, let them be offended by the gospel, not our manner with them. We should know the gospel well enough, yes, to explain it and always be ready to give an answer, the Bible says. But we also have to be gracious and loving and an example for those hearing of this grace that they are being offered through Christ. What are we talking about? What is our conversation like? Are we adding value to those around us? In conclusion, what's the takeaway? That's always my thing at the end of a message. Okay, how do I apply this? What what am I walking away with? Devotion, wisdom, opportunities, healthy conversation. I said, how? That's my thing, how? And God brought me to the, the verse in John 3.30 he must be greater and greater and I must become less and less you see the more of Jesus that is in us the more we will be able to live larger for him the more of Jesus that is in us will recognize those opportunities that we have the more of Jesus that is in us will find wisdom that we need to speak to outsiders that don't know him yet the more of Jesus that's in us will be able to have those conversations in a positive, correct way. And the more devoted we are to him, the bigger our lives will become. Let our prayer be, take whatever it is, God, take whatever it is away that is not of you so that I'm able to live my life big in this world. Would you all stand tonight? I asked Malachi just to sing this song. And as we sing it, the words are very simple. It just says, take it all away, take it all away, take it all away till all that's left is you. And if that's your prayer tonight, just sing, let's just sing it a few times together. If something struck you tonight or even before, if God's working on you, in an area, just ask them. Say, God, I need you. I want you to become greater and greater because I want to live large for you.
1: Take it all away. Take it all away. Take it all away till all that's left is you. Take it all away. Take it all away, take it all away, take it all away,
0: till so all that's learned is you. God, we give you our lives tonight. God, help us to see the opportunities every day that are in front of us. Help us to live our lives large for you. Help us to be an example, to be the light, to be the salt of the earth that you've called us to be. And help us to walk in that divine power, knowing that you've given us that, to be called for the purposes of you. We thank you for every person here, God, that we're going to step out into who you've created us to be. That we're going to know that just by being who we are, by loving you, that people are going to see you in us and know that we really love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Come on, give her a hand tonight. I know what you're up to. <laughs> she loves Christmas. Praise the Lord, it's too soon for that for me. You know, the other night I heard this statement and I loved it. There was a preacher going to pre- preach Pastor Chris and he forgot his Bible. And he walked into the church and he told somebody, I, oh, I forgot my Bible back home and the person said uh would you like me to go get it he goes no that's okay he said i used to carry my bible but now my bible carries me and when you get the word in you like that it'll carry you and let me just say this tonight aaron and i were little kids together and we fought like cats and dogs amen we have and you fought like cats and dogs with some of the people you're around. And you're fighting like cats and dogs with them tonight. What's your point, Ryan? The point is this. Sometimes we say things we shouldn't say. We say them how we shouldn't say them. We say them when we shouldn't say them. And sometimes we we know, yeah, some of the men are going, praise the Lord. Ah, that's me. You know what the great thing is, though? You can go. You can go make it right at any time, and God will honor that in such a beautiful way. You'll be so surprised. I told somebody this week. They went and they got in a big blowout. Their kids were fighting, and and they got in a big blowout. And the guy said, "You know what? I just told him I was sorry, and please forgive me." And I called him up. I said, "You know how pleased the Lord was with that, and the same is with you. If you got." If when you or my parents are up here laughing, they must be fighting tonight, amen. And if you can go make it right with somebody, go do it. Don't leave friction there. Go fix it, amen. Hey, this Sunday, switching gears this Sunday, it's Pastor's Appreciation Sunday for my mom and dad. Give my a hand tonight. And I really, really feel, you know, Pastor Appreciation Sunday, that's a tough one to preach sometimes. But I really feel like the Lord gave me a word for this Sunday. I want you to come. I want you to remind everybody that comes to church, some people, they're one Sunday a month uh, people, amen. Tell them that this Sunday they need to be here for Pastor Appreciation as we honor our pastors and... I'm so glad you've come tonight. Those of you that are at home, thank you so much for joining us. We'd like if you were here in person so we could hug on you and love on you, but we're glad that you've joined us tonight. God bless you. I love you all. Have a great night.